Hi, this is Warren Smith, and welcome to the State of the Republic podcast. Good morning, afternoon, or night, wherever you might be listening to us, and welcome to your State of the Republic podcast. My name is Luis, and today I am joined by our podcast mom, Sharon, and Michael. But first, let's go to you, Sharon. How's it going? It's going really good. I'm so excited to get going on this interview today. We have a super special guest, and I'll, I'll let him introduce himself. Awesome. And yeah. let's go over to you, Michael. How's it going? I'm, I'm doing well. I can't wait. Um, following the Super League information, and now we've got mm. this great guest. I, I mean, awesome that we were able to get this to work out. He found time in his busy schedule to talk to us. Yeah, really looking forward to all the stories and, and just... Yeah, I mean, he's a, such an amazing person that has brought so much joy into our lives and into the people in San Diego's lives as well. So, Sharon, would you like to introduce our, our guest tonight? Sure. So on this episode, folks, our guest hardly needs an introduction. As you can tell, we have a charis- our charismatic and warm leader, entrepreneur, and co-founder of Soccer Republic FC, Warren Smith. Warren currently works his magic for SD Loyal Soccer Club as president. But we all recall his massive contribution to Sacramento as president of the Republic. Many people knew you well. However, some have yet to get to know you. So let's dig in. Absolutely. Let's go. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank thank you. Uh, So I guess we'll start at the beginning there, Warren. What made uh, the Sacramento Republic and the concept of a team in Sacramento such a, a fascinating idea for you? Well, I mean, most uh, people don't know that the, the Sacramento Rivercats uh, were involved in uh, the uh, AAA baseball team in Portland, and it came with this little team called the Portland Timbers. We actually tried to close it and, and uh, had to keep it open to keep the baseball team alive, and we were there to just turn that around. So we had to learn the business and fell in love. That's where I fell in love with the whole concept of, uh, you know, the relationship between fan and brand and 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 you know, the, a different demographic in sports. And so it was really all about making Sacramento a better place to live, work and play, just using the beautiful game to do that. Well, that's awesome. And of course, that, that's how it is now. And it continues to evolve. And it's, it's really amazing how much our sport can <clears throat> go beyond just the sport. And I always say that, right, it brings people together and people are doing community service. And it's, it's just really amazing um, all that goes around with that. Yeah, absolutely. Luis, I'll tell you, I, I really love this game because it, I mean, it's it's truly representative of the world. You know, we're a, we're a country of immigrants and mm. the uh, the game's played in all four corners of the world. It just hadn't been played here. And uh, it's nice to see it really being adopted. And, but I think you just hit the head of the nail and why I think the Sacramento Republic uh, FC was so um, successful and then, frankly, why we're you know successful so far here in San Diego. It's all about bringing people together, um, you know, getting them to root for their hometown team, developing a brand that people feel a part of and feel ownership of, and then at the end of the day, um, have a great time uh, together. Um, you know, I I know uh, many of the the folks that uh, at the Republic who met through the Republic and are best friends and and now and and that's really the difference that these type of things can really do and. You know, it brings, uh, we all have uh, a lot more in common that we have on not in common. And, you know, so that commonality and that, that, uh, that I think is so special and frankly, why the game I think is so important. And frankly, uh, you know, why Sacramento is so important to the, you know, to, uh, to the rest of the country when it comes to soccer. Yeah. Now that you mentioned that, it's like this podcast was born <laughs> out of that. And I wouldn't have met Michael and Sharon if it wasn't for the Republic, of course. And I didn't really know anyone else living in Sacramento. And now I know so many people that we can go and have a good barbecue, which we're planning on on doing so soon. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. So let's go ahead and go back to that really great day in 2013, SAC Mm -hmm. Soccer Day. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us more about how that came about and the details and, and all that? Well, it was just a way for us to celebrate. I mean, first of all, um, you know, at the time we hadn't had the game played at the highest level, um, so it was an effort for us to to really showcase what what could be possible in Sacramento. Um, yeah, if you remember, we brought Newark City to play uh, Dorado Sinaloa, 
Um, we had a, a game beforehand uh, with the Earthquakes Reserve Squad against an all-star team that we put together. Uh, frankly, um, that's when we really knew we were onto something, you know, because the, the community just rallied and came out and just wanted to have a good time. And, you know, we, it was so cool in so many ways. And there's so many things that happened that were so serendipitous to uh, to what led to a very successful en en enterprise. And but also a lot of luck, you know, I mean, if you might remember at halftime, we were rolling out our brand and we point to it. And by that time, the curtain had already fallen halfway through. So you could see half of the brand and it was so minor league in so many ways, but also so authentic and so um, organic. And, and uh, you know, we sold out of the t-shirts and in, in literally minutes and, uh, but most importantly, I think people came together and said, hey, this is something I can participate in and help to make a difference in. And uh, and I think it's pretty powerful. And, you know, so that was kind of getting us on the map to show what is, you know, what was possible. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we've had, you know, numerous EPL teams come in and play at a, at a high level against our team and, and had some success. Um, I can't remember exactly who we beat. I think it was Sunderland. We tied uh, Newcastle. Um, you know, we had a great game against Chivas. You know, we played at the very, very, very high level. And and frankly, that's what Sacramento deserves. You know, it's interesting. Some of the teams that we did bring in uh, to play against us, some of the, you know, these foreign teams, uh, they end up being answers to our Jeopardy Live because we have a Jeopardy Live <laughs> show. And so, you know, through all of the history that we've created in Sacramento, we use a lot of that history um, to create our, our Jeopardy Live answers. And so it just tests all the all of our fans, you know, on the knowledge of Sacramento and Sacramento soccer yeah. when we do the Jeopardy questions. I think uh, we really want to get Emra on at some point in time because he'd probably kill it you know, as far as being able to answer everything. Um, yeah. But I, are there any weird details about that? The uh, Not weird, but there's a lot of moving parts to put on what you did in 2013, you know, with the Sox Soccer Day, bringing teams in, housing them. I mean, all of that sort of stuff. Were there any like odd and thing behind the scene things that were kind of tricky, like super tricky, or did it just pretty much everybody did what they needed to do? Was there anything that stands out as being like one of the trickiest things? <laughs> well, I mean, keep in mind, there's a lot going on. We had UC Davis as a guest out that night. They sponsored that night. And our hope was that they really fell in love with what we were doing. So that's the one that stuck out for me that, you know, we spent time with the, the CEO and Madden Rice and, and, you know, the people that were, um, you know, considering this and, and, you know, we hadn't really pitched any ideas, um, but, you know, after that event, they called the next day literally and said, hey, we want to be your kit sponsor. Tell us what we need to do. Um, and, and, and that was really a response to the people. But, you know, we were very fortunate in sharing, you know, we had Graham Smith, who has put on a number, I mean, literally, yeah. you know, probably 100 matches in the United States. And, and so we we had a lot of experience on um, making sure that we could set this up right and have a good night, make sure number one, um, you know, it, Graham knew what our goal was and that was to make sure uh, the two, the two teams visiting us and the earthquakes that they were well taken care of, that they had a great time and that they uh, really liked what was coming on. And I think we just nailed it there uh, so much so that the earthquakes became, as you know, uh, um, a uh, partner in our, in the, in the club, you know, from a, from a development standpoint. Um, yeah. And there's probably a thousand things that went wrong, but, you know, I think, you know, like anything, you know, when you look at what the night remembers, I think what people remember the most is how they felt as a community and um, as a soccer community has been begging for this for a long time uh, to see that there was something that was possible to, uh, to uh, kind of meet their you know, particular soccer needs and, and then, you know, a lot of people that didn't even know the game that were there that just, you know, started to, to um, be open to the concept of having a team to root for and then ultimately, uh, you know, becoming big fans themselves. So Sac Soccer Day was massive success, um, you know, uh, so much so that we would I would recommend every new team to try to do that. We tried to do it here in San Diego, but we just didn't have enough time. You know, we were awarded the franchise in June and 
and you know didn't close out our uh, ownership group until late August, and and we made a decision then to play for the 2020 season. Yeah, because we're so smart, you know. Let's you know, let's go right after it, and, and of course, <laughs> let's go right after. Well, you know, but yeah, but um, yeah. So it, I mean, it does a lot of things on the business side. It you know gives it, you grow a database immediately. You get a list of customers, potential customers to reach out to. Yeah. So um, and, yeah, it was and, great, great, great night. Joe Joe Wagner's responsible. I mean, it was ultimately his event. He and Erica. Um, and uh, Brent Sasaki, they put it on, pull it, put it all on, and and uh, just really, really did a wonderful job. And the Rivercats too. We couldn't have done it without the Rivercats allowing us to play at their field, and and uh, you know couldn't be more thankful for what that they actually created for for the people of Sacramento. It was a beautiful night. I was there, and I remember walking the concourse and running into every because you know so- soccer is such a small family. I ran into so many people I hadn't seen. Anyhow, speaking of people that excuse we re, real quick, just this this is the Hi. one that's making the noise. So that's Tiger. Hi, Tiger. So, Hi, Tiger. Forgive me. Forgive it's okay. Me if he's, all right. Yeah. No worries. I'm shocked my cat hasn't walked in and done the same thing because she usually does some sometime during our, our yeah. podcast. She does the same all thing. Good. It's really quite fun. So so Warren, you know that you made some wonderful friends here in Sacramento. You mm-hmm. you spent so much time here, you had so many friends. Who's like your number one phone call that you still keep in touch with, or maybe two or three people? I mean, because that's what this was all about. I mean, we've made such good community here. Yeah, you know, it's, ironically, it's a number of the investors that we have: uh, Mark Forney, John Janulius. Um, you know, uh, and of course, you know, Joe. I, you know, it's hard to get Joe to return phone calls, but I do try to keep yeah. in touch with Joe a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, from a fan standpoint, uh, my next door neighbor, uh, uh, Kim Letter, who is a big, big soccer fan. So she tells me and keeps me up to date on what's going on with the club. And and uh, and uh, and of course, you know, who's in our house and, and if they're a good neighbor or not. And so far, they're good. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know, we're, we're all probably going to be making a trek at some point in time, you know, especially when restrictions are lifted, because San Diego is one of the places where I have friends. <laughs> yeah, you got one here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I uh, would love to w- would love to take in a, a match there. Yeah, July 3rd, our first match, you know, on ESPN2. Dude, and it's the day before. Are you going to have fireworks? Oh, wait a minute, that's probably a secret. Never mind. No, it's not. It's not a secret. I mean, the game's currently scheduled at eleven a.m., so oh. it can be on national TV. <laughs> eleven a.m. They let us know that they're considering moving it back because of there's a international match, but but it's, it'll be in the daytime, so no fireworks likely. Mm-hmm. So okay. So you know, wh- who needs fireworks when when the when we're going to have fireworks on the pitch? There you well go. Done. Well yeah. done. Good, good point. <laughs> and it's us. It's us. Yeah. 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 Understood. Exactly. I, yeah. I really want to go to that match for sure. Me too. Me too. Yeah. yeah I, same. I, We're going to do a road trip. I like the way both teams play. <laughs> you realize I rearranged a big community event in August so that I could come to when you're in town and you better be at the match because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be at both of them. I think we August 28th and uh, yep. October 30th, I believe. Yep. You're going to oh, be uh, ready for a big old hug. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely okay. have to say hello. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm got, and I'm going to go drink some beer with the Tower Bridge Battalion if they'll have me. Oh, I, I oh, think we can make cool. that work. Yeah. Awesome. I think they'll welcome <laughs> As well you arms. should. <laughs> Now, as far as uh, the plan with Sacramento, was was it always the plan to move on from Sacramento and eventually expand your entrepreneurial expertise into another part of the league or maybe just a different business setting? What were we thinking? No, I think it, originally it was, you know, I mean, listen, I love Sacramento and I didn't really have any intentions. On, and I, I saw myself retiring in Sacramento. Um, and you know, the, the whole concept was, you know, should we move up to a higher level Then you know, we could, you know, roll over and, and maybe play a role going forward. Uh, but that just wasn't in the cards, you know, with the new ownership group and totally their prerogative. And, and then at the end of the day, as I started to do con- some, some consulting, um, I learned that number one, I wasn't a consultant, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I like to be in, um, I like to feel like I'm swimming in the water and need to find the ocean. 
Um, and, uh, you know, the, the, they had an effort down here in San Diego to, you know, what was called, um, oh gosh, a soccer city initiative, which was a ballot measure to uh, build a stadium and it was unsuccessful. And I remember that. And, and then, then, you know, the USL asked me to take a look at the market and see if I could make a recommendation to them. And I said, yeah, I'd recommend that you put a team here. And, and if you're open to it, I'd like to be uh, the one to do so. So it was an opportunity based, you know, I grew up in Hawaii. So the other thing that I've realized since being here is that I'm halfway home. Um, you know, San Diego is very much um, a very laid back community. Um, the people here are just incredibly nice and, and all are in this together and it's in SoCal, but it has, you know, a disdain like we did in Sacramento for LA, but they don't need to express it. You know, they, they, they know that their life is better. Um, and, you know, so I like to say that they don't have an inferiority complex, but they have a superiority complex and, and are confident about that. But now we love it here. And, and, you know, it's really more the opportunity to um, what, do what I've learned that one, I'm, well, I want to, I don't want to sound, I want to sound humble here, but I'm, that I'm pretty good at, uh, but um, also, something I love to do. And that is to build these things from scratch. I'm not the guy that's, you know, going to come in and operate them long-term. Um, that's, you know, uh, that's for other people, but I'm the, the guy that can build it, build it right. And hope, hope, hopefully build it around what the fans want, which is what I think Erica, Joe, Brent, and the entire team did such an excellent job in Sacramento for, they really understood the customers. They talked to everyone it, you know, I think a lot of people were surprised by the Republic, but they and but they didn't see the months and months of research that went behind. Um, you know, how do we do this? What's the right name? What do people want in the club? How do they want us to act? You know, and at the end of the day, um, you know, we I think you know they deserve just a mass a massive amount of applause for what they did, and and you know I'm just the steward of the guy to help them uh, develop their plan or you know realize their plan. So, you know, I, I miss Sacramento, but I also realized that, uh, I didn't know enough about the, the rest of California and I'm, I've just fallen in love with San Diego. Well, Sacramento misses you too, Warren. I've, I've yeah. been here my entire life and I'm 33. And I mean, I think the, the river cats, the, uh, the Republic, I mean, I don't think Sacramento gets a, a new arena if they don't see what was going on just across the bridge and with uh, the the Republic. So, I mean, you want to stay humble, but I'll, I'll say it for you. I think you excel at what you do. I think you've done a, a great job, and I think you've definitely left a footprint in, in Sacramento uh, for years. Well, thank you. Yeah, I really do appreciate your kind words, but I also recognize that in all those projects, I've been very, very lucky to be surrounded by great people. Art Savage and the River Cats, Bob Heeman. Um, you know, obviously his uh, wife, Susan and Jeff, who run it now, uh, just fantastic people um, who believe in the community and are always trying to do the right thing. And then, of course, the staff and the ownership group that we had in, in the Republic was just massive. You know, I think uh, most of the people, um, most of the ownership just like were in awe of what we were able to accomplish. And and, and uh, obviously we're hopeful that Sacramento can figure it out and, and find a way to get there. and. Uh, at the end of the day, because uh, it's what the community deserves, I believe. Well, and you helped create that foundation, you know, and it's got to, there's got to be some kind of sadness and a little melancholy to see that, you know, we had the up and down and up and down and really up. And now it's kind of like, now what? But anyhow, I'll let Luis get to the next question because that's kind <laughs> of where we stopped that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and hopefully it stays up. I mean, at the end of the day, we're doing this podcast here to promote the game. And, and I think uh, looking at it just from overall, I really think that the Republic has actually helped uh, grow the sport here in the Central Valley, right? We've seen some players like come out of it. Some players have, have gone uh, onwards. It's It's been really amazing seeing their trajectory and, and getting to their ultimate goal of reaching a professional level too. Um, Absolutely. I agree. So you've definitely done a really good job with San Diego too. And of course, you know, we've only seen the loyal for one year and sadly last year we couldn't have people in the stands, but 
I know plenty of loyal fans and I know how loyal, to put it in better <laughs> words, uh, that they can be to that club. Um, but I'm curious when you were, um, you know, organizing the club and whatnot, how were you able to get, uh, you know, our the person who I consider to this day legendary American soccer player, Landon Donovan, involved in, in this project? Well, I, I mean, I had the uh, fortune of uh, meeting Landon when he, he was obviously we had great success. I think it was either 2000, late 2000 or mid 2015, maybe early 2016, where he had a bye week and came up to Sacramento for lunch just to see what was going on. Um, he brought, I think, his agent, uh, Rich Moskin, and and we had Kevin um, Kevin Nagel and I and some others had lunch with him, and he sat right across from me in that meeting and literally was just peppering me with questions. And what I loved about it, you could see that he was really, really interested in learning. Um, and he was like, literally, what are you guys doing? How are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Well, and it was a lot of who, what, when, where, why, and how questions, and which we always try to train our staff, you know, um, you know, if you're going to ask questions, make sure you can ask a question that people can respond to, you know, and, and um, yes or no questions don't get you anywhere, but if you can get people to open up and, you know, so a who, what, where, why, and how question ultimately get people to, to, so I was doing all the talking, giving them all this information. And I just loved how he was just like eating it up. So Keep in mind the Soccer City Initiative. He was very much a leader of, and uh, and I knew he uh, uh, put his heart and soul into that, and wanted to. I, I knew in his heart he was doing it for the right reason. You know, he married a, a lady from this region, um, and they decided to move home. Um, you know, I think two or three years before the Soccer City Initiative, and 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 he's fallen in love with this region. You know, and, you know, I just reached out to him and said, hey, you know, why don't we just grab a cup of coffee? I want to share with you what kind of what I'm up to. And and, you know, when we first met, he had a lot of scar tissue. Um, you know, it, 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 the, the whole bond initiative or that whole initiative really divided the community down here. And he was unfortunately on the losing side. And, and so he, um, you know, still had some emotions. And I said, man, you know, no worries. You know, if you just think about what you want to accomplish in your life. Um, and if there's a way we can uh, accomplish something together here in San Diego, make a difference together. And, you know, um, San Diego, you know, is the most underserved professional sports market in the country. It uh, it's probably the soccer capital of the United States. It just doesn't know it yet. And so if you wanted to play a role, then let's figure out, um, you know, what you want to accomplish. So it was a series of conversations. Keep in mind, I keep building and, and keep garnering traction and, 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 you know, I think he did, did some real soul searching on what he really wanted to do. And some people will think that he wanted to be a coach, but that wasn't it. Um, you know, hmm. what he shared with me is it's like, he said he had the value of being um, really um, mentored by some men in his life. And he really wanted to mentor uh, kids to help them one be, um, you know, better players but even more so better men. Um, and, you know, that's when I knew, gosh, I got to have this guy. I mean, we got to find a way to partner. And fortunately in that meeting, he, you know, said he wanted to, um, you know, be in charge of the soccer operations. We tried to define what that meant, knowing that he's going to learn a lot and, <laughs> um, and, and make mistakes and, and his admission, he has made plenty as we all have. And, but no, I think we just hit it off and, and, uh, you know, it's a blessing in so many ways. He uh, obviously brings on a lot of notoriety, but I, you know, put that aside that that's like the, uh, that's the, uh, it's kind of like the cherry on the top, but it's really the substance is the fact that he's just a wonderful man. And frankly, um, I think he's misunderstood because I think there's a lot of people that don't think he's that, you know, or um, that wonderful man and or just because they don't get to know him but inside there he's just really really uh desirous of learning um and um really wanting to make a difference in people's lives and you know that that to me is if we can do that again it's not people will remember you know they won't remember what you did for them but they'll make you they'll always remember how you made them feel 
And, uh, you know, without giving a name, you know, we had a player with us last year. He's now on an MLS club and that club has touted him. And, and he keeps going on about how, how San Diego uh, reignited his love for the game. Um, and that's not, there are other players that have said the exact same thing. So, I mean, that's a, again, a testament to his leadership, how he runs the team. Um, you know, he's, he's both hands on and hands off, you know, we have other people, Nate Miller, who really probably runs the bulk of the practices, but he spends his time really talking to the, each player and then personally coaching each player. Um, so he's, you know, getting to get, uh, to spend more deep, deeper time with each individual. And because I think the world of him, I think the world of what he's done with us so far, um, he's got a great staff and, uh, frankly, I, I love our, I love our men. You know, I used to call, uh, the Republic, uh, boys, you know, if you remember it, I would say, let's go boys or, you know, come on. And, and, and I realized just how much do you know, both at Sacramento and here that these are true men and, and frankly deserve to be called that. And, uh, so we're very excited. We're excited about our future, excited about, you know, this upcoming season. Uh, we're, uh, we're not, um, we're, a, we're a good team. We, I, like everyone, we probably all think that we're the best team right now, but um, we recognize that, you know, we've got a couple holes, not necessarily in positions, but we're just not necessarily that deep. Um, so we'll see what happens, and we're excited about the play in Sacramento and hopefully getting a couple W's. Four of them, to be exact. Oh, well, we'll there it is. We agree to disagree on that portion. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I got to say, I, I love Landon for me is like a god. Um, growing up uh, prior to Sac Republic, I was an Earthquakes fan. Obviously, he had a tremendous sure. uh, time there. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, we don't know him as well as you do. But you can you can see it. It exudes from him, his, the, his mentoring. You see it when he pulls players to the side and discusses the game with them. You can see his passion and his love for the game. It's, it's great. I couldn't imagine a better a better coach for the area. The way the, the team is being run and built, it, it he he fits it to a T. You you can see it. You really you know, we all we all think we're connected to Landon in some way. You know, it's like no, I'm the most important person. You know that knows Landon, but we're we're oh, but that's what Landon has created. He's created this wake of followers. You know, if you think of a boat passing by and creating this ripple effect. Because I went to all the playoff matches for the earthquakes. I traveled down to the home when I traveled to go see the earthquakes play in all of their MLS Cup matches. I I saw them all, you know. So, and Landon was the feature when he was with the Mm. earthquakes and then with the with the Galaxy. So it's big time, you know. We follow we follow him, and I loved him on the national team. You know, I really thought that he was like you said, one of the most misunderstood players on the national team. And I don't know that the national team knew how to play to his strengths mm-hmm. to really get better for him anyhow. Oh, yeah. yeah. As you know, as you know, Sharon, I'm not like uh, everyone knows in, in the Republic that I know that I played one game of soccer and broke my leg. So I don't know the game that well. Yeah. Um, and so I couldn't answer on that, but what I can answer on is that number one, so um, he really views the game as a tool to make our communities a better place. And to, yep. as an example, right. Um, I think we proved that we are not an organization just talks. We actually act and, you know, we had the unfortunate, um, incidences last year where we had a, um, you know, player uh, called the N word and a player called the only openly gay player, you know, called the F, you know, faggot word. And right. it was just so unfortunate. And, uh, you know, he, um, you know, he, he, his team doesn't just know each other. They know each other deeply and they've had, you know, deep conversations well before that. Right. And so uh, this happens and, you know, he's getting a sense of what the team might want to do and lets us know at halftime what he, you know, thinks that they're probably going to do. And, and, uh, and it was to, you know, if they, if the player who said this wasn't going to be called off, then they're going to walk off the field and keep it in mind, our playoffs, we didn't know at the time that, um, we were, that it didn't matter if we won or not, but, it, you know, um, it ended up being where it didn't matter, but, um, you know, we, we were still in the playoff hunt and it was a big decision for us to walk off and, but it was an easy one because we have these core values that we ask our employees to live by. And, 
Landon just doesn't live by him. He he's in, embodies them. And yeah. when he came off the field and he said, you know, I said, Landon, just tell me anytime make, somebody makes a decision, they want to know what to do. You know, tell me how they live to our values and then they'll get my support. We can always talk about, you know, how they made that decision and ultimately, you know, what they might have been able to do differently, but um, they're never making a wrong decision. And so he said, you know, in our, our core values commitment um, and uh, connection. And we have these connections to these kids and we have a commitment to them. And 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 that means each and every one of them. And and so this is what happened. This is what the players want to do. I said, OK, you've got our support. My point, though, if you the whole George Floyd things going, you know, had gone on every damn sports team in the, in the country just did a nice hashtag and. We actually had deep conversations on, you know, because we that's all we could do in Zoom, right? You know, it's just talking. So we had actually talked well in advance of this thing happening and said, you know, what are we going to do? And, um, you know, when that when that unfortunate circumstance happens, we had no idea that it would happen so soon. But we had said, you know, whatever we do, we're not just going to talk. We're going to act. In fact, it's that bracelet. I, I will speak and I will act right there. Yeah. It just means no, no more. Um, I had learned as a white male that I'd been on the sidelines. I had learned that when things had happened before, I didn't step out um, in despite a human being being treated the wrong way. And so no longer are we going to put up with that. And so my point, though, in bringing this up is that, you know, Landon's very much a principled man. Um, he believes deeply that um, if we're going to act or say we're going to do something, then we need to do it. Um, and frankly, um, I'm very proud of the league for, you know, rolling out the forever proud program and, and, uh, like to think that we played a small part in that. And, um, so we're, we're, um, we couldn't feel more blessed and, and, uh, you know, with the difference that we're making in our own local community as it relates to these type of things, cause it's, um, we have programs that we've rolled out that are literally, uh, conversations with people to, to uh, kind of break barriers down. So, but that doesn't happen without a man that really is, uh, you know, believes in this core that everyone's equal. We love that. He's he's a legend on and off the pitch. And that's really awesome when you get, you know, such high profile players that retire and there's still amazing people and not like other players that (laughs) we've heard stories of. Hey, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here for you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shift gear. I'm going to talk a little. <laughs> I want your take on you have Shannon McMillan and Paul Buckle as your senior advisors. Tell us a little bit about their duties alongside Landon and you. I mean, because she's Shannon's awesome, and Paul Buckle is ours, was ours, and now he's yours. So you know, it's kind of cool. Well, listen, I mean, part of the thing for uh, Landon was to make sure that because he didn't have some experience to see if we could bring a little bit of experience uh, to him. Obviously, I don't know a lot of people in the game, but I knew Paul and made the introduction and they kind of hit it off. Um, You know, uh, he did some early work for us. He's currently not doing that work, but um, he's very much uh, an advisor to me. I mean, I pick up the phone all the time and call him and say, how would you handle this? And uh, Shannon, on the other hand, is very active. You know, she uh, runs a uh, youth program here, the uh, the uh, Sharks, and um, and is you know our play by play person. So she's the Kevin Goldthwaite of uh, of the of the Loyal, um, and um, also is the lead uh, person uh, with our um, uh, uh, interaction with the local youth soccer community. She's one of the most respected people uh, within that community. And we wanted somebody that, that, that they could, you know, that everyone could trust. She's also, you know, as we are contemplating, you know, what we might do in the women's game, you know, playing a key role in that and, um, and helping to plan. And, you know, she's just an unbelievable human being and gosh, what a, what a blessing to have her on our team. Um, and, uh, you know, we're blessed all across the board. Um, I get lucky every now and then. And fortunately I, were, I was lucky in the Republican and I think I'm even more lucky here. Um, you know, our team is just, you know, massively, massively caring people and, and are trying and work hard to uh, just make this uh, you know, a great community. But 
we always have to have advisors and people that can, can guide us. And so uh, very, very excited to, you know, that I'll continue to work uh, and ask Paul and, you know, for help. And then Shannon, obviously, and from a day-to-day standpoint it's on our leadership team and plays a key role for us. She's also leading our, is our LEA. She actually sits on the USL's impact committee on our behalf, um, you know, as an openly gay uh, woman and uh, making sure that she can share her perspective and, and our team's perspective of, uh, you know, how we might um, set things up with the league and making sure that we're, um, you know, we're equal to everyone. That's awesome. Now I know uh, typically you would help get teams started off the ground. I'm, you do mm-hmm. so much more than that, but what what uh what's a, a typical day for you consist of like on the on the background side of things? Well, I think Joe would tell you I got in the way more than I did uh, than 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 I needed to. So, uh, but. Um, you know, I've had to learn and grow through the process here in San Diego. You know, we put together a plan and, um, you know, we're a lot more forward thinking in our planning. And um, so a lot less, rea- we had to, you know, in Sacramento, we we're always behind and always reactionary. Uh, COVID allowed us to catch up and, and put some really good plans together. Um, we had to think through the COVID situation. Where, where did we think we would end up? Um, and that plan, you know, was, you know, um, the plan is ultimately the each department's goals and objectives. So my job is just to help each of them accomplish what they want to accomplish. And, and that may be a resource issue. You know, do we have the right resources in place? Um, do we need to, to raise additional money? Do we need to, to uh, you know, to garner a certain sponsor for something? Um, but in the, at the end of the day, I'm a servant leader, just there to serve the people that are there. And at the end of the day, help them accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. So it's all over the board. Most of the time it's talking to people and just kind of getting them excited about who we are, our programs. We have six different community initiatives that are, you know, key focuses for us. Um, and you know, it's finding out, you know, who can, who can we partner on those programs? Uh, that's the way we will market. That's the way we will make a difference in the community. Um, for the next five to seven years. So we spend most of our time, it seems, on those. Um, you know, and you know, the selling of tickets is always happening on the background, the selling of sponsorships, and we're fortunate to have a really good team. We're hitting all of our objectives currently. Um, and uh, and I'm really excited that Gavin Newsom decided to open up the state effective June 15th. So July 3rd, you know, we should have uh, the ability to have 100% attendance, which means we can actually – potentially we, I don't know how many extra tickets we're going to be able to fit, you know, for the Republic fans. So, um, you know, once they go on sale, they should buy them fast. Unless we get special media tickets, right? (laughs) That (laughs) or or how much are your VIP tickets, Warren? (laughs) More expensive than Sacramento. Oh, brutal. Yikes. You're trying to steer me away from those. Okay, fine. (laughs) If, uh, I mean, if I could take a, a little out of left field here, Warren. Yeah. Uh, obviously, today, big news is the uh, the Super League. Do you do you have any thoughts on it? Uh, as far as maybe it just got implemented the wrong way, maybe they went about it the wrong way. I don't know. Maybe you think it's a good idea. I, I'm a huge Liverpool supporter, so I'm very torn on this. I just FSG. I, I think they could have went about it a different way. Um, well, listen, I think, uh, I think that's why I, I'm, you know, the games in the United States, I mean, the game's changing all over the world. Right. And, uh, but it's changing and even at a higher rate here in the United States. I mean, we, you know, who knows where we're going to be in 2026. Right. Um, you know, and as leagues continue to try to monetize more, they're going to have to go across borders, you know, and, and that's in essence what this super league was about. Um, and I think FIFA was kind of, um, it's interesting, you know, they, they're, you know, not necessarily supporting it publicly, but behind the scenes, they sure are, sure seem to be pushing it, you know, so that's, it's obviously an economic, um, opportunity for, for some people. And I just think, you know, I think when you build things around fans and what fans want, you have a higher chance of success and, I don't think that there was any true interaction or true, they might've done some polling, but they, I don't think, I think they're, 
getting the answers that they're looking for. And at the end of the day, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Does it, it's a stretch, right. To, uh, cause it changes the game pretty dramatically. It makes it, you know, a game for the elite clubs and not necessarily for the non-elite clubs. And, and what you have in Europe is, I mean, it's surprising every year you got a team or two that, you know, surprises the heck out of you. And, uh, you know, that could go away. Right. So I, I, I don't have a real opinion other than I think it could have been handled so differently, but everyone keeps asking, Hey, where are you going to MLS? And I say, no, we're going to the super league, baby. Yeah. That, league that's, San Diego. Here we come. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, where else is there after USL? It is MLS. And then, you know, the champions league here locally, but you know, that's all based on merit and performance versus just forming a brand new league. So. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think, uh, I think it's like the purists are going to have trouble with it. And I think, you know, it's all, it's amazing that it was rolled out yesterday and it's already off the table. So I, you know, it um, clearly wasn't done the right way. And, you know, for Goldman, who was it, J.P. Morgan to brought $4.3 billion to, to help make that happen. I mean, that that that's a lot of money to put up, right? So, and, you know, people usually don't put that type of money up unless they're going to get something in return. So, exactly. Um, you, know, exactly. The, you, know, you know, the more we make this um, and really focus on the commercial aspect of the game, the less the fans will want to participate, you know. The one thing I learned in Portland was that, and I think this is what's true in Sacramento. It's definitely true in San Diego. There's not necessarily a love for um, Wall Street, you know, on Main Street, if you know what I mean. And, and these clubs, you know, um, it's all, you know, and I think that's the problem in professional sports in the United States. It's become all about the money. And, um, I think there's some clubs that can really balance it or teams that can really balance it and do it well. 49ers, for example. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's sad. I'm sorry to elaborate and not give you a really hurrah answer. I just, you know, I think we need to do more authentically interacting with people and then, and then that will grow the game that will grow the game massively. Well, you definitely laid the groundwork here for that authenticism. And, you know, obviously we're seeing that duplicated in, in San Diego. And it's it's almost as though, Warren, you have that touch. You, you know, you know how that one works. Like you said, you're, you're going to apply the skills that you have and that you know you have. And we really appreciate you spending some time with us. So is there anything you want to say to the fans who are going to be tuning in and, and watching the podcast or listening to this podcast? We want to give you that platform to just give us your love and whatever else you'd like to say to us. Yeah, listen, I, I'm all, I mean, it's uh, thank you. Um, you know, of course, I would love for everyone to, to uh, you know, try to track us and follow us. But I, I'm, a, I'm a realist to know that, you know, you're going to want to follow your own team and and I think you need to do that. I think you need to be big fans of the Republic. I think you need to go out the matches. I think you need to uh, ask to participate and, and, and let, you know, the club know that you have a voice and you want to exercise that voice and, and be a part of it. Um, you know, that's, you know, they're in a difficult spot right now. It's obviously I feel for Kevin and what they're going through, but um, you know, it is what it is. And, and at the end of the day, you know, Sacramento deserves, um, you know, what we were on the doorstep of and, um, you know, just, just don't sit back, participate, help, um, support, watch, um, and advocate. Right. So, um, you know, the most, the biggest thing that, uh, for American soccer, um, that can, that Sacramento can do is make sure that the Republic are successful. And, um, you know, the groundwork has been laid. The, um, you know, I think the world of Todd Donovan, I think, you know, I haven't talked to him since he's taken over, but he is, uh, you know, he's a, a, a very, very quality individual. So I think the, I think he got a really good leader there. And I think um, at the end of the day, he's going to do right by the club. Um, and I just ask that you don't stay silent, man. It takes a village. And, uh, that's what we tell everyone down here. It's, you know, you, you haven't, I mean, 
you know, they, they haven't had the, they have a lot of scar tissue down here because of all the teams that have left most notably the chargers and the Clippers, but that scar tissue is deep, you know, 48 teams that have left this community over time. And, um, but as we get out and talk to people, it's really been, Hey, you know, uh, it's up to each and every one of us to make a difference in our community. I just think that this is the perfect platform for people to um, want to make a difference. And you can start by just going to a match. You can start by you know, buying some gear and you can reach out to the club and ask where they need help. And, and I'm sure they can come up with an idea or two to, for you to help. And but it truly does take a village. And especially now, now's the time for the, for the community to come together um, and support Kevin and support the ownership group to get there. And, and I know our ownership group, you know, the previous ownership group, um, you know, has reached out and has asked, you know, what can we do to be uh, helpful? Um, how can we be a part of the solution? Um, at the end of the day, you know, um, it's up to Kevin to really, um, and the operating team to figure out how that happens. But, you know, as long as he knows that there are people behind him and as long as he knows that, um, that he's got support in the community, then I think, um, at the end of the day, he'll be successful. Excellent words. Excellent words. Michael, Luis, anything else you want to ask them? The master of <laughs> magic in soccer for us and, you know, in, the, in our USL area. Yeah, all I got to say is, yeah, those words were amazing. That is exactly the same mentality that we, we've talked about it offline, that we really want the fans to have that, to show their support, go on social media, just showcase to the world that we have a lot of support there. Uh, you know, when they open the stadium up, fill the stadium up once they allow more fans. But even this Saturday, I mean, we're going to be filling up those the seats that we're allowed to actually be in. And so we really want to showcase to the world that, you know, we have people that are supporting and, you know, it, it is a really great ROI for anyone who steps in because the support is there. So, and thank yeah, you absolutely so much for being on. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, who do you play Saturday? And, is, and that's a preseason match, I'm assuming? Monarchs. Yeah. Uh, the Monarchs. Monarchs. Oh, good. Yeah, good. The Butterflies. We just destroyed <laughs> Oakland. Yeah, they just took a player took a player from us today. As a matter of fact, uh, so beat them. Beat them right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have we don't have Reno. We used to just pound on Reno and LA Galaxy too. You know, uh, you know, Los Dos. Everybody, those are the teams that we used to rival with, and now it's like we have these really nice teams that we rival with. You know, because the roots very similar to you. They have like a whole. Um, mentality yeah. that they're embodying and a lot of it comes from their coach you know and the and where they're they're from they're they're gonna do the com their their community first just like yeah. with san diego loyal mm -hmm. and kind of just like with sacramento so how do you know how do you like go into a rivalry with you know against a you know teams in those men in those mentalities but i guess we gotta we gotta strap them on mm -hmm. either that or we're just always going to be hitting orange county and <laughs> and hitting a, a phoenix well, they're not Phoenix anymore. I think they're called Tucson, you know, whatever. Because they're handball, right? No, they're, yeah, they're, they're still Phoenix. Well, yeah. is it because they moved halfway to uh, halfway yeah. to Tucson? Is that what exactly? They're yeah. I think they're called Tucson now. It's kind of yeah. like <laughs> That's should, funny. We, should we call uh, LA Galaxy LA Galaxy or do we just call them Carson? You know, Carson whatever. City. <laughs> Yeah. Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, there's one more thing I'd like to add, if you don't mind. Um, so I'm sorry if I'm keeping you long, but no, I mean, no, no. I think this. I, if you think about, I mean, I know the goals, MLS, 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 but you know, the USL is pretty damn special. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the Sacramento Republic Football Club meant more to the people in Sacramento. Um, I think New Mexico United means more to the whole people in the state of New Mexico than the galaxy mean to, you know, the, the LA area. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it's because we really, um, you know, we're community-based teams and our league just has, you know, a different approach than major league soccer. It's, it's, it's how do we build a club from the ground up? It's almost like what happened in Europe, you know, a hundred years ago when the barkeeps ran these clubs and yes. they're community owned and, you know, the barkeep had to, you know, keep selling his beer. And if he didn't listen to his fans, they stopped coming in to buy the beer. So he had to learn to listen, and um, and that's what the sport has grown up on. And 
I think that's really special. I'm not saying that MLS doesn't listen. I just think we have a better opportunity because, you know, we're really, um, you know, we're really uh, organic and interacting with the community in, in a, in a, in a very intentional way, right? Sacramento does that, I know, and they continue to do that because we set it up that way. Um, and the and the group that is operating it now continues to do that. We do it in San Diego, and it, it makes a bigger difference, you know, when you can actually develop the relationships with these people face to face, and not not just with the brand. So I'd say, you know, also just have excuse my language, have some fucking fun right now, <laughs> and. Yeah. and enjoy it right because it's pretty special um and i think the the brand that uh, we all developed together there in san diego is very special i mean sacramento is very special and and it's one that is gonna it's gonna it's gonna stand the test of time and you know kevin may be the steward today but he's not the owner the owner is every one of you who uh you know emotionally follow this club you're the emotional mm-hmm. owners and you know he may be the steward but at the end of the day um you know, if, if you can, if you truly feel like you're an owner emotionally, then, you know, then we have, um, we've accomplished magic. Um, and mm-hmm. I, and I, and I know that, that that's, you know, who they are and what they're doing. And so excited to play you guys. Just take it easy on us. Tell Todd to take it easy <laughs> on us. Mark, to take it easy on us. Hey, we've got Mitch Tainter back and we've got some guys, you know, we've got some good defenders. You're going to find out we're, we're pretty thick. We're pretty solid. Um, They did a really good job getting this team built for the season. So look out. Look out. I'm I'm looking. I'm looking. Hey, I'll buy you a beer when you're up. Yeah. How about three? All right, we'll do it. And do we have to have them in paper cups or? (laughs) (laughs) No. Do we? I know. No, we don't. Not anymore. Uh, well, that's that's your and my secret. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> they were coffee cups. They were. Co- it was coffee, Warren. You always had a fresh pot of coffee going in there. I did. I did. <laughs> yeah, that but was it our. It wasn't coffee. I agree. <laughs> we had the best of times. <laughs> Uh, they were well, hey, Luis and Michael. It's nice to meet you both. And uh, pleasure. listen, really thank you for having me on. And, and I wish you the best of luck, except for the four days that we play you July 3rd. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh, I can't remember the August something my, or another August, August 8th, August 28th, and then August 30th or October 30th. October. Okay, uh, you know, we, we appreciate we'll, the time. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was we'll, great. Have to, we'll have to stop you when you're up and we've got the live going. We're going to catch you and say, hey. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna, that's probably the best time to introduce Landon. So. Okay. <laughs> cool. Love you and miss you, Warren. Miss you guys, too. Yeah, thank you. Continued success. Have fun. Um, Likewise. And I uh, look, look forward to seeing you here soon. Okay, Likewise. we'll let you know when it's up. You'll get you'll get a notice. We'll we'll tag you in our in our social media. Sounds good. Yeah, okay. you guys take care. All right. Have a good night. Bye-bye. You too. Bye, Thank mom. You. Bye, mom. Bye. <laughs> well, that was awesome. Well, men, we just uh, had one of our best interviews. Uh, I think of the season with Warren, who has such good wisdom and such great words and. You know, I feel very enthused and very pumped up after that interview and just listening to the situations that he's been presented with and how he's dealt with things and his advice to all of us. The man is wise beyond his years. What did you guys think? Yeah, I've, I've got to agree. I, I loved what he had to say, especially when he was discussing uh, MLS doesn't need to be the end all be all for for this community, that this team is so much more than that. Not to mention the the authentic romanticism, romanticism, romantic, yeah, romanticism of of it all. It's it's nice to have this homegrown feel of a team that brings the community together. And as much as I would love NLS, uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Um, you lose some of that when you become a brand bigger than what you've got now. It it, it loses a little bit of the the flavor to it. Um, so I couldn't agree with him more. And he was, he was very humble. <laughs> and that was, it was, it was nice to hear, but he has a tremendous impact on this community uh, growing up here and 
remembering what downtown and even Cal Expo for that matter, the Arden area used to look like compared to where it's at today. It's uh, it's day and night. Uh, I, I loved it. It was a great interview and I really appreciate Warren coming on and spending some time with us like that. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's, it's so awesome how humble he is and easy to talk to really great person that, you know, you thanks Sharon for helping us set up this interview. I, I've always said it, but, you know, between Warren and, and Joe, and I've gotten the chance to speak to Joe in person as well. And we owe a lot to both of them. And I know Michael, Sharon, both of you can agree too that this has helped us really not just get to know each other, but we've gone to experience more of the city. We've gone to experience so many different, unique, interesting stories at games from one game where it was pouring rain, that it was crazy that I was still there, <laughs> uh, to you know seeing some really interesting uh, Open Cup matches that are forever going to be in our memories. And so it's, it's really amazing that, you know, it took their initiative. They, they planted the seeds. It's now grown into this forest where, you know, we have so many people out there that are big time fans that root for the club, that are going to support the club, whether MLS happens or not. And we did that poll on Twitter that clearly showed that people are going to back Republic whether we hear the announcement happens or whether we hear that everything is, is going back. And that is really how it should be, right? Because at the end of the day, this is our club. We really love our club. And MLS shouldn't change that, right? Because we supported this club when it was in USL and we should still support it being in USL. And as you guys said, there's other benefits that go along with that because we're able to still have a club that is accessible to everyone. We get to meet the players, which we've had the opportunity to do so here thanks to the podcast, but even fans can meet players after the games and you lose all that essence of people getting to know the players in the community, inviting them over to eat like Sharon does, which all the players are extremely grateful for. And I think it's really amazing that you get to do that and that you offer your house to them to come down and, you know, get a really delicious meal. And so really great things like that. And with MLS, you know, you start to have more restrictions. So, so there's, there's good, there's good out of a situation that might not feel like it's the best. And and I think people need to realize those things, right. And, and not always live in the memory that, Oh, whether this happened or not, like, Ooh, you know, they, they played around with us because, at the end of the day, situations happen, right? No one's expecting COVID. And I'm sure we can all think of some of our favorite businesses that maybe closed down. And, you know, sadly, they, they left. I can think there was a really good Mexican restaurant in my town that is gone. So, yeah, sorry. I know. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think we've lost a few of our favorite restaurants. Hey, I may have jumped the gun and uh, kind of like talking about this weekend real quick, but. I, I posted the banner for what what's happening this weekend. And uh, Luis is going to have the, you know, the live thing going, the live feed going. And so look for any one of us knuckleheads on, uh, <laughs> you know, on, the, on your favorite live feed for us and uh, for the match. And we'll get a different, we'll give you a different perspective than you may find elsewhere. So uh, don't forget to tune in for, for that, for this weekend. And uh, what else, you guys? <laughs> yeah, no, that that is going to be something else. Uh, I mean, we did say the club might have a uh, live feed as well. But uh, once I get to the stadium, I'm just going to go right straight to it live so you guys could see how it looks like, uh, you know, to attend a match during this time, all the precautions that are being taken and whatnot. And, of course, we're also going to give our halftime reactions and after the game as well. Uh, might be on the pitch, might not be on the pitch. We'll have to figure out that situation, but we are going to at least give you guys that um, insight. And we are planning to keep on doing that throughout the season. But for this first game, I thought, let's show you guys what it looks like if you're not able to attend the match. Uh, we'll, we'll show you what or how things look like uh, in this uh, uh, world that we're in now. But come June, you know that we're all going to be able to be there. So you know, the good thing is that in June, we should all be there 
maybe even uh, for the May 29th game against uh, Handball Rising. <laughs> you guys might be <laughs> able to be there. But but yeah, so really cool. Look forward to that. And uh, if you are not following us on our social media, go follow us right now so you're able to hit that button and figure out when we go live uh, for the after game and the halftime. The live time might be a little different, but I'm going to try and be there as early as I can be. I'm not quite sure when they're going to open the gates yet. I haven't heard anything on that, but as early as I can be there, I'm going to try and be there. Um, but at the very least, I should be there an hour before and gates should be there. So be on the lookout for that. And if you see me, feel free to say hi. Thank you so much to everyone for watching and listening to our podcast interview tonight. Uh, again, we are going to be at the stadium this Saturday. So if you see us, say hi. Um, and if you want to tune in, go ahead and please uh, tune in to our live shows there and give us your thoughts on the game, right? We haven't seen the team in a long time. And ironically, the last time we saw the team was basically against the same team back when, uh, or I should say when I saw the team, because <laughs> I saw the last friendly, which was against the Monarchs as well. Um, so really really it's been a year and like two months so we're really excited really stoked uh michael might also be there too hopefully <laughs> if it works out um yeah i'm he, gonna try my best to get out there i'm also trying to see if i can get out to the la game but i've been looking for tickets and they seem to be impossible to find i don't know what the, the protocol is out there right now but i don't see any single game tickets or anything like that oh yeah we'll have to check up on that um i feel like they should still there's there should be some 2,300 tickets at least. And uh, you shouldn't have a problem if it's Los Dos fans, right? Because we all know that maybe only 10 fans, if anything, go. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone. Have a great night. And we'll see you next time here on State of the Republic podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night.